Hello everyone and welcome back to that first step podcast. Today's episode is episode 20 and the end of season one. We're taking a break for a couple of weeks but we will be back with an even better show lineup. Well I can't say that because this season has been amazing and it has a special place because it was my first season and thank you everyone for all of your support. On today's episode, I am joined by Kate. From starting off her career working in Universal Music, moving into publishing, moving to London, her dream was always to start her own business. After joining Groupon of, as head of media and transforming their social, she knew it was time to make that leap and start Choose. Choose is an incredible online sustainable e-commerce store offering you guilt-free gifting from absolutely incredible supply chains that are zero waste, plastic-free and also ensure that their employees are paid fairly. That ethos is what makes Kate's journey so special and here she is today to share her journey and her story with us. So we are very lucky because Kate offers a wealth of knowledge. And she's also beautiful inside and out. So it's been my absolute pleasure to speak with Kate today and share her journey and story with you. So without further ado, let's get into the show. And we're recording. Hello, Kate, and welcome to that First Step podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been really excited uh, listening to the podcast. So no, thank you very, very much. I'm very good today. Great, great. And thank you again for taking the time. And Kate, let's go straight ahead into it. It's a beautiful day. Let's get this recorded, share the knowledge and go out (laughs) and enjoy the rest of the day. So, If you wouldn't mind first telling the listeners a bit about yourself. So what you did in, in school and what you wanted to be when you grew up kind of before all this happened. Yeah, perfect. So um, I guess when I was really young, I wanted to be an actress. So went straight in with the really bold career move. Um, And I think that was, you know, when you're maybe under 10 and you're a bit more fearless. And I was really supported at home by that. My dad really encouraged it. Then I went into secondary school and probably became a little bit more self-conscious and more, I guess, influenced by kind of I suppose what people thought about me and my my priorities then were very I was also very sociable so my priorities then were really around my friends so I then probably wasn't you know thinking all the time when I was a teenager what do I want to be it was really about you know being sociable and being with my friends and having a good time and then when I started thinking again maybe at around 15 16 I wanted to go into the media this time I was obviously a bit more, you know, a bit more shy and it wasn't necessarily to be in front of the camera. It was more to be behind it. Um, so to kind of work in the industry, but you know, not, not with it directed at me, let's say. Um, so then I studied media and English in university, had an amazing few years in that. And I actually went into pure, um, within media cause I did, um, I did my work experience in pure and I thought, okay, let's do pure. And then what happened was I studied PR after college and a job came up in Universal Music, an internship in marketing. I had no experience in marketing and I took this job. So I went for the interview, didn't think I got it. And then I got the job in Universal and it was an internship, but it was a, it was a paid internship. And I did that. It was supposed to be for six months. Then they extended it for another six months. And I actually entered in at a really good time. So this was maybe nine years ago. And social was just kind of happening for businesses in terms of, you know, businesses being on social. Um, And then I was able to carve a bit of a path of a career there in terms of working with local artists, um, on their social and then at the same time Spotify came in so it was a good time it was a good opportunity for me to to kind of get knowledge in these in these in this space and I then got a permanent role there and I stayed there for four years working on social working on Spotify working with really amazing you know local bands like you know Hosier and uh, Little Green Cars and then also international bands as well working 
um, on the Spotify account. And I did then as well want to start my own business. So I then had an idea, okay, well, I'm going to set up a music agency that, you know, artists can, can, can come and they can get advice on social and Spotify. And I was really young at the time, like, you know, too young to kind of, to have gone ahead with it. And looking back, it wasn't a good idea because obviously the labels are now at this crazy level with Spotify and social just at the time it was a really new space and I was able to kind of read up and be able to know what I was doing and you know because I was doing all this behind the scenes reason but now they're at this insane level and you would not be able to keep compete with labels at all um but anyway so that was kind of the first piece and so then actually after music I was told by the label look you can go to London if you want to progress your career or you can stay you know it like there I kind of had reached my limit in Dublin and I did, wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to London um so then I decided to try my look at publishing so I went into the Irish Times and again I was work, working in a marketing role with focus on social so working out with editorial on social and it was amazing and I did two years there and then I did two years in the London Times so then I had my step to kind of London did two years in the London Times and then again I was going oh god there's something happening in tech and you know there's something kind of happening with this and I'm in publishing and the whole publishing world was changing very quickly and there was a lot of pressure with subscriptions and um it's an amazing world to be in but you know I, I'm still was you know relatively young to go can I see like 40 years in this and I wasn't exactly sure that I that I could so I said I need to get into tech and in Ireland it's quite hard to move like because I had done media it's quite hard to move um they're very much like if you got in tech, you can stay in tech, you know, um, if you're in publishing, they were like, we can get you a role maybe in the Indo. And I was like, no, I don't want to stay in publishing. I'm in the kind of biggest publishing powerhouse. So, um, it was, it took a while and I think it would be good in Ireland if they kind of change their mindset a bit, you know, recruitment agencies and people hiring to kind of think more, open the box in terms of, people's personalities and people's skills as opposed to because it's hard then it's really hard for people to move now I know there's I know it's happening a little bit more and it was happening before the pandemic because it was more of an employee's market so people were getting more of an opportunity but certainly two years ago it was hard but I then I then thought okay to get into tech I need to go smaller so I started in a tech startup and they specialize in online tuition and I did everything for them for their rebrand from their rebrand to their website design to their social to their customer service function so I was working on everything um, and building it out and then I kind of was going okay I could do consulting so I was doing a little bit of help for friends for free if they knew people in businesses um that needed just somebody to talk to about how to do like where to start where to start with marketing where to start with branding so doing that for a while and I just I felt I wasn't going to take any money because I was obviously employed and I just it just felt funny so doing that for a while so always at the back of my head I was kind of going I'm inv I'm advising these people you know when they're starting their business I could do this myself but then I wasn't sure um still wasn't sure so you know I did about two just under two years in the tech startup and then I took a head of media role in Groupon um to kind of do their rebrand and then I was still going, okay, I still want to do something myself. I have a very good friend who had a background in buying and I just started talking to her about, you know, what we were interested in. And we talked about, okay, well, the sustainable piece, I would really like to do something that, you know, even if it didn't work out, we're like, we're informing ourselves of what it means to be sustainable to be ethical and we're also informing other people and so then we we kind of were like right let's do something with this and then the pandemic hit and there was lots of uncertainty Groupon was really 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 badly hit by the pandemic because their local business is completely gone it's what they relied on so suddenly then you're dealing with okay all of this job uncertainty and you're then going okay I need to do this like let's do this so that was definitely the catalyst I know 2020 has been extremely hard for people it continues to be hard there's so much anxiety with it there continues to be especially as we're entering you know winter and you know second lockdown in Dublin it's it, it is such a tough time 
at the same time, there is moments in it that you do stop and go, actually, my day to day and how I was living my life, I need to kind of re- take a step back and look at, you know, this whole approach and am I doing it right and is it the time to make bold moves so 2020 was definitely that for me um we started brainstorming and I think a good piece of advice is like for me anyway don't rush into if if you just have in your head you want to start a business and you have certain skills that you could start a business with you know be it marketing be it buying be it sales be it just that you're very outgoing and you've got connections and you're trying to really think of the concept, take your time with it. Don't rush in because it changes all the time. So, I mean, my idea a few years ago was this agency for music and that just wouldn't last right now, you know? And then when we were talking about sustainable, we actually then for some reason started talking about sustainable storage because a lot of people were at home and a lot of your big um, industries aren't really sustainable they use a lot of plastic they're not using a lot of bamboo so we started really talking about this and we were going to do this we're going to do this sustainable storage piece and anyway I was talking to my sister about it my older sister and she's always really good she's really logical and she was like Kate no offense but like you never really talked about storage like why are you doing storage and I was like because I think there's a gap in it I really it's like yeah but it's going to be you're going to put so many hours into this why are you doing storage so then we took a step back again and I was like okay I think she's right because it wasn't really lighting my fire I do definitely think for anyone that's into it that's listening there could be a bit of a gap there um so you know um but for me it wasn't my passion um so we then thought about what do we like and we love gifting we love like um me and my friend we love gifting we love um beauty we love lifestyle we love um just beautiful things and like so we actually then the model changed that it's a a sustainable lifestyle store so we wanted to do the everyday and how we could come up with sustainable solutions for the everyday so for your shopping for your um, for your teeth, for your beauty, for your, your hair, for your beauty, for your, um, for your home. So then it was a sustainable lifestyle store. But then we kind of took a step further and we're like, actually, we don't want to be completely every day. We want to be, you know, little treats. Like we don't want to completely take, you know, the way if you go into Brian Thomas, you have this really gorgeous feeling that you're kind of treating yourself, you're treating a friend. We want to bring that within the sustainable environment. So there is this idea sometimes that sustainable is kind of, oh, it's, you know, kind of, I suppose you're reusing loads of bags and it's, it's maybe a bit more it probably has connotations of hippie exactly and we wanted to maybe position that in no you can do sustainable luxury you can treat somebody and you can get it coming to you plastic free you can get it with recyclable options you can get it you know all the makers we're working with are ethical um all of them are sustainable we only use suppliers within ireland and the uk so we're really reducing that carbon footprint we always just try to to stay within ireland but when we don't have all of the suppliers and makers we do look to the uk um and we want to really take there's then there's different arguments with the state with the whole sustainable piece so you could have a sustainable you could be using a recyclable cup and you could be you know using something made of bamboo um but it could be from a market where it's not ethical. So you don't know where it's being made. You don't know what they're being paid. You don't know what that's then subsequently being sold for. You don't know the margins on it. You don't know then is it shipped for, you know, our, like is it completely just reducing that whole argument? Exactly. Um, exactly. And there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on like that where people are saying, you know, do your keep cups, but like, where are they coming from? So the whole point of, of twos is we really work with local makers. Um, we talk to them, we see their vision, we look at their ethos. There's a whole, like, there's a lot of work behind it and getting the right makers on twos. Like, and speaking to them about their vision and making sure that it aligns with ours and the people that we're talking to they make sure that our vision aligns with them they're just as picky because they've decided to go down this sustainable route as well 
Um, and so that kind of is, you know, where we've ended up with two. So, I mean, there was a lot of background, like I would say, I'm sorry, I'm probably going down such a rabbit hole here, but not at all, not I at would all. definitely say like, then we need to choose a name. So when you've got your concept and you've got your business and you kind of look to the logistics of how it's all going to work. So if it's an online store, how are you going to get those products? How are you going to source those products? Who's going to build a website for you? Who's going to do the copy? Who's going to do the imagery? Who's going to do the photography? On a basic level, you need to think of a name. And when you think of a name, you need to think of a domain. So all the domains in Ireland are, and globally are all sold, you know, every small domain. So a lot of people are doing, you know, longer form domains. Um, And so you need to kind of think of that piece as well. I'm sure if you might have think of like a nice name, that name could be chosen. Like there could be like six domains bought on it already. And so there's that process as well. So for us with Toos, we wanted an Irish name um, just because it's just, I mean, I unfortunately don't speak Irish that well anymore since school, but I absolutely love that it's our heritage and I just love the beauty of it and I can appreciate it. Um, So we really wanted an Irish name and we wanted an Irish name that has meaning. So we, when we're looking at different um names that we like and we found two so the idea with two it kind of supports our whole business concept which is um two means to start and you know we had sustainable living starts here so it's never too late even if it's one tiny change you're making today that's going to have huge impact if everyone's you know views are aligned with with making one small change so two's kind of really aligned with your brand proposition so you have your name and then you have your brand proposition which kind of supports your name so if your name is Toos sustainable living starts here so that's your kind of your 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 marketing your your name and your your piece that that supports it um and then your kind of brand tagline as well um so that's kind of where we built it from the beginning and then there's been lots of back and forth with just finding the right suppliers finding the right packaging like we want we've kind of really gone down that gifting route as well like that you could just contact to if you if your friend has had a baby or your friend has got a marry is is engaged or it's your friend's birthday or a guy wants to get a present for his girlfriend and she's into yoga but he doesn't know what to get her and or somebody's moved into a new house and what we do is we put together these these gifts and we do a personalized note card um, for the, you know, so, so people are writing to us, you know, with the little message and we put in dried flowers and we wrap it up and box it up all nicely, but it's all sustainable. It's all recyclable. Um, we make sure we're only doing like batch releases for the courier as well. So we're not kind of doing, we only do shipping kind of, um, three times a week um, within Ireland. Um, and we all every single supplier we're working with adopts a zero waste plastic free um handmade options and also kind of generally small batch not mass produced um and we can really source down their so like it's a, it's it's a fair it's a fair supply chain because we're working directly with the makers so if somebody's taking that Make, making that decision to gift we it's guilt-free gifting but it's still luxury it's still luxury and we still make sure that when somebody opens that box they feel amazing and they feel special which is about what gifting is about but we make sure it's done in a way that is protecting the environment protecting the people that are making it and like really supporting local Okay, that's such an important message. And I love that guilt for gifting because even the carbon emissions of say yourself or myself, you know, getting in the car, driving 30 minutes, then going in and out of a car park, shopping center, all the plastic. And then while you're out in town, picking up more, you know, food Mm. or like, again, all of that, all of those transaction costs are just going back and forth. When you're at home, you can pop on juice. You can send a wonderful, thoughtful gift that is, as you said, gone through, you know, 
different supply chains that are so ethical and mm -hmm. that people are being paid fairly and you're getting away from the big corporates as well and supporting really great businesses as well. Mm -hmm. So it's such an amazing model that you've built. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing is, is that we love it. So when you start off a business, you're going to have down days and up days. I'm sure the same with you starting the podcast. It's going to be some days that you have so much energy for it and you want to stay up all night working on it but there's going to be some days that you're like oh I've just wrecked from it I'm doing so much I'm so I think you know the important thing is is that you just love it and if you go into something and you are passionate about it it makes it so much easier like it really does and we love it it's our baby we absolutely love it it doesn't matter if we're if you know margins are tight and we're because it's worth it for us it's so it's such a good feeling to be working on something that you love. That and I think that's, special. yeah, yeah. And then I suppose, Kate, going back then a bit, I know you mentioned you had the idea, you had the concept. I know that's the hardest bit. I think it took me about two days to come up with the name for this because when you're putting yourself out there, you want to also tie yourself to something that means something to you. Mm -hmm. And that's important. So that name is like naming your child. It's like this mm -hmm. is name forever. So you had the name. Amazing. Then with the suppliers, how did you even know who to reach out to or where did you even start when it came to that? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I actually get asked, I've actually been asked this a lot the last couple of weeks by, by just friends, just kind of asking, how did you, I wouldn't even know how to find them, but it's a lot of work. So you just have to start searching. So you have to use Instagram, you have to use Google, you just search and search and search. And then you'll find a couple of makers that they may you may be like okay I love what they're doing I love that look but they're using plastic or there's some aspect that just doesn't work seem to go back to the drawing board or you might meet a supplier and you know you might talk to them and they're not supplying wholesale so the idea is that you approach these suppliers and you see if they want to take on like some people will want to sell only independently and then some will want to supply to websites. And so you need to start having those conversations with them. Um, and I guess you have to pitch yourself as much as they have to, as much as, as much as they're pitching to you, you're pitching yourself. So it has become much easier as we've got our website live, as we've got our social live. We're just getting feedback from suppliers saying like, Oh, loving your social, loving your website, really want to be part of this. But then it's hard as well. Like one thing that we really want to do is we want to go into sustainable fashion. Oh wow, it's great. So we're looking at we're looking at different suppliers, but a couple of them have said when they go on our site, they're like, it's not, you know, it's not um sorry, it's okay. not my phone is going off here. Um it's not it doesn't look like they have a place on our site. So okay. some of them will go on and they'll see, you know, like they'll see the fact that we have, um, we've gone really down the kind of beauty and body and home. And then they won't see the, that kind of fashion piece, even though we want to go into it. So now you're kind of met with different, you know, you kind of, you're kind of now telling the story. And if you're trying to move yourself out of that, it can be more challenging so I think if you're starting off and you're trying to find them you need to tell the story to them if you haven't gotten your website if you haven't gotten your social and that is hard that was hard for us we had people that you know some makers that don't reply because they're really busy or you know they haven't seen your site it's become so much easier now that we have our website and now that they can go to a place they can see our values they can go on our social they can see our values most of the activity that we do is on social where we try and find these new and we really try and find suppliers that haven't we have some really established suppliers on our site but we have some new makers on our site as well that you know some of them might have 500 followers so they're starting off well some that we've been talking to 
have 30,000. So there's a very big difference. That's one that's a new business and one that's like an established business because everyone's been at that, you know, at a low amount of followers at some point, you have to really build yourself up. It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. So, so you've got an example there, somebody that's probably in business, like, you know, three months versus somebody that's been in business doing this for five years. We really do try and go for the businesses that are just starting off because we're just starting off and there can be something really special there but that can be harder to find because obviously Instagram's algorithm is going to go show you the the one with the 30,000 so it's nice on Google search and nice on Instagram to find these people Um, and it's hard work Kate it's so much hard work and I think people nowadays look for an easy fix you know they look for how can I get the, you know, how can I get to where I want the fastest or mm-hmm. how can I make all this money? And all of the podcasts I've listened to over the years, it's the people who are most successful who are like, it's the graft. Nobody yes. is overnight success. And mm-hmm. it's the 10,000 hours before I went viral. They were the hard work. And even Kate, your background of consulting and when you were thinking, oh, I'll go out and do a music agency, but no, wait a second, it's not the right time. That adapting and changing course I think Mm -hmm. has built you for this business because had you started this you know five years ago I don't think you would have the same again I don't know you obviously that well but I personally from listening to you don't think you'd have the same graft energy drive or just experience to know you know what it's not a right move right now or this is the right move and I think yeah people think you know, oh, I, I can't do this, but you can. It's just about knowing the right time or asking the right people. And I people, totally agree. I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of people out there, even who are like five or 10 years younger than us who have this vision. And if they don't have the exact expertise like, like you do, they can ask people and they can reach out to other small businesses like yourself and say, look, I'm brilliant at buying, but the social media part isn't great. Do you have any tips? Yeah. And by all means, anybody that is listening to this and wants advice, I love all of that. Please do. If you, if anyone wants any advice or tips, please, please do reach out. I think advice is a funny one because I definitely am really lucky because I get a lot of advice from my family. Um, But it's hard as well when you get advice from your family because, you know, my family are so protective over me and I'm so protective over my family. So sometimes if somebody's coming to you with this really bold move, you just want to protect them. And you're just really worried that, Oh no, what if they invest in this and it doesn't work out for them? And it's a fine line with, with family. They'll always be your biggest supporters. And like when I launched Toos, it was so funny. I actually was crying because Literally, the, when I launched the website, I was just getting these pings of orders, and it was all my family. It was my mom ordering for my aunts for presents, like in the UK, and it was my sister. Like they were there with the button, and same. Like I was so lucky with with my friends as well. And it actually makes you so. There's no better feeling. Like it makes you so emotional because you're just like these people that are in my life are just so supportive and so amazing, and it just was an incredible feeling. Um. I do think somebody starting off, sometimes when you do ask people really close to you, they can sometimes want to protect you as well. And it's finding that right balance of somebody that's going to tell it to you straight. And your family probably always are. Your best friend probably always is going to tell you straight. But it's understanding, getting that outside advice as well of somebody that kind of doesn't have that, that's going to be like, do it, just go for it. Um, Sometimes your family will always try and make sure that you're okay and that you're safe and sometimes the boldest of moves aren't gonna you know keep you within that so it's finding that that balance I definitely think it's it's a balance of reaching out to the people that that love you but also reaching out to somebody in an industry that just has done it and you know can give you a couple of pieces of advice and can give you a you know a couple of pointers on on whether on whether you're on the right track yeah, that's a great advice on other podcasts I've done with other people like yourself who are entrepreneurs. They have said they found a mentor outside, like mm-hmm. you just said, because that mentor they meet with twice a month, once a month, whenever they're free and it's set mm-hmm. routine and it holds yeah. them accountable. And it's like this time last month, you said you'd add a new product launch to your site or product line to that happen. And it yeah. also keeps you motivated. So mm-hmm. I suppose, Kate, um, with regards 
being head of media for Groupon. I mean, that's incredible. Like you access to e-commerce. I work with lots of e-commerce sites, trying to see how they can target new customers, how they can audience segment, keep communications. Mm -hmm. So with Choose, how have you used, I suppose, your head of media experience to apply to your brand? And also, how are you currently using that experience to make sure you're targeting the right people and growing your business? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think um, with Groupon, I was lucky because they hadn't really, they had scaled quite quickly as a tech company. Everyone remembers them about 10 years ago. And then they hadn't really invested a lot of time in content. And so when I went in there, I had to very much build it from scratch because they were very much in, so in marketing, you have two different types of marketing. You have um, performance marketing, which is like, you know, your Google ads, um, your, your programmatic targeting, um, where you're, tra- where you're literally bidding and you're getting a sale. So you've got your conversion marketing and then you've got more of your brand kind of content piece and they should really work hand in hand. Groupon was really going down the, um, the direct response. So really down the performance marketing and they hadn't really looked at, okay, well, people actually really have to now there's this expectation that you get to know a brand's personality, that you get to know their content. And then you might see the Google ad and then you might see the kind of re- remarketing back to you or, um, you know, your, 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 your display marketing. But they need to go hand in hand and they weren't really doing that. So when I went in, I started working a lot on their social content, looking at kind of influencer marketing, targeting. So I definitely use that um, from I've definitely used that those kind of skills in terms of how you look at content how you look at video how you look at you know photography how you're looking at overall grid on Instagram um and then how you're kind of looking at targeting with influencers so a lot of people will say oh I've got a friend that is an influencer she might be able to help you that of course is amazing oh my god that is insane 100% avail of that influencer marketing only really works well when you when their audience really aligns with your audience otherwise it just gets missed how many times have you seen an influencer advertise something that you have zero interest in it's you're not going to click you're not going to like it you're not going to it's going to go you're in this massively saturated environment right now so you're just going to it's not even going to enter your head you just keep clicking on your story keep going keep going keep going like it's it's something we see every day so I would definitely say I've, I've learned those skills within um, Groupon, that influencer piece. We were doing a lot of influencer marketing the last year and really tested um, some, some various campaigns. It only works when the influencer is aligned with what you're selling. Not necessarily your brand, but what you're selling. So your brand could be, you know, let's say two. So we sell different loads of different things one one area that we sell on too is yoga kits so we do a lot of natural cleaning products on too so non-toxic chemicals there's so many chemicals and cleaning products there does not need to be so many chemicals if somebody if you know if like a baby drank that you're in you're in serious trouble and that whole natural movement um with cleaning is a, is a, is a really new space. But then when you think about like the chemicals in cleaning, and then you think about people that are into wellness, what do they clean their yoga mats for with There's You know, you're probably going to get your like Dettol spray that has like bleach and all these chemicals. And why do you want toxic chemicals when you're trying to, you know, be in a space that's natural and just doesn't really work. So we, we do a lot of yoga kits so we have like natural yoga sprays they're made from all natural cleaning agents um we have like just different mood oils so all made from essential oils so helps with meditation as well um therefore your your target you you know with that product alone you would look at somebody that is an influencer and specifically yoga and sometimes your influencers, you're better off if they're, you know, micro influencers. So if they're influencers that have maybe 10,000 or under 10,000 and, but it's just yoga, you know, so rather than if there's an influencer that has 200,000, but they're doing so, you know, they're doing a lot of fashion, they're doing a lot of, so that therefore they have audiences, you know, really, really vast amount of audiences 
then you think about Facebook as only Instagram and Facebook are really only going to show, um, you know, the, their stories to 10% because that's what they do. They want everyone to pay. So are you going to catch all that 10% within your product? So uh, micro is definitely a good start. I think for a smaller business as well, they might be more open to kind of working with you um, rather than your, your huge influencers that are, that are probably better for really big brands, established brands. I'm not saying that's completely correct for all, but I think micro has definitely worked very well for even a group on when we were doing um, specific targeting within, um, you know, food and drink and local um, micros worked really well. Um, prior to that, I definitely think working in a startup and observing people build a business and being behind the scenes has really helped with me um, and just understanding the different mechanisms and how you look at kind of pricing and how you look at volume and how you look at um, how you just build something from scratch. So that has really, really helped. And then publishing has always helped because when you work on publishing, they take copy and creative at such a high standard. And it's amazing to kind of work with, with, um, work within that industry that you're held so accountable for you know good grammar for good copy good photography and working with editorial you know has always been good because they will find people and amazing things that are creative that inspires you and it was just a great great time great experience but I definitely think all of those areas I've I've worked on social and that's helped um for me right now to kind of be able to to build something from scratch using your social tools. Absolutely. Okay, that's an amazing answer. And as part of my role every day, I'm in tech consulting. So I work with businesses to implement marketing tools. So it's all okay. about awareness, acquisition, you, you name it, and talking to social mm. teams, heads of digital analytics and marketing intelligence. And one thing I've really gotten used to is looking at websites and seeing how I feel and as you said, the ethos and when I first went on your website, I wasn't confused of the messaging. It was so clear. The presentation was beautiful. It was user-friendly. The interface was incredible. And also, I wasn't overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I feel like I love how yours is like, you can start today. And you know what? You don't need to be 100% perfect. I remember when I first um, started being plant-based years ago, mm -hmm. everyone was like, how did you start? I was like, I'm allergic to dairy that cuts that mm -hmm. out and I'm not hundred percent perfect. And even to this day, like I don't, like I don't really eat anything that's non-plant-based, but with my products I use, I try to be better with every product, but mm -hmm. I'm never going to be 100% sustainable, zero waste and all the rest of it. Yeah. Because none of us have to be, but if we start putting our feet one in front of the other in the right direction. And I was actually this morning, I was about to order the cotton pads off your website. I need to order them later because that's <laughs> another thing you can do when you're cleansing your face yeah. at night, use a sustainable, reusable product that you're not adding more waste when you don't have to. And I think mm -hmm. by just encouraging people like you are with your fantastic business, just to take that extra step or that first step if you will excuse the pun to live a more sustainable life and just keep the planet that we're living in a little bit cleaner a bit healthier and mm -hmm. after the year we're experiencing I think we're all so grateful now just for a bit of fresh air to get out in the day if yeah. you can keep that air as fresh as possible <laughs> by being more sustainable I think yeah. that would be fantastic 100% and one actually area that I really have loved within um being on this journey is plant-based beauty so I've been trying plant-based beauty the last three months four months and I've seen amazing results and prior to that I was so into like I would be watching all these YouTube videos on your BHAs your AHAs you know your making sure you know you're starting at a retinol retinol or hyaluronic acid and I was using all these crazy acids and I have actually seen better results from the plant from more natural beauty the last three months than um, than I have from going down your more complex acid beauty to like rejuvenate your face. Um, and I've been talking to my sister about it, and she's she actually worked with a woman that had the most amazing skin, 
and all she used was essential oils. Um, now, I'm not saying there's, I think everyone's skin is unique to, to them and they're going to have different challenges with it. But it actually, I don't know when, when you kind of talk about plant-based, it's easy when you're seeing good results. And I'm sure it's easy for you to do it when you're like, I actually feel great. And if I don't do this, I'm not going to feel good. And I think a lot of what we're trying to do as well with our products is also what they're made of you will see good results, you know, and it's not only like the packaging and the swaps, but it's also, we're testing them for, you know, a, a few months before we get them live on the site, before we can kind of stand behind them. And another piece of advice for anyone that's doing a website or doing an online e-commerce store or selling something. And thank you so much. It means a lot, Jess, for you to say that the website looks good. I think it still needs a bit of work, but that is very, very kind of you. That means a lot because I know how many established tech companies you're working with on a daily basis. But I think that um, what we did with Toos was we only chose maybe like 15 suppliers to start off with. And then we've been live for two weeks and we've just been blown away. It's been amazing. Like we've had so much positive response. So now we've more suppliers. So we've more suppliers coming on this week, which I'm really excited about. So I think if somebody wants to do an online website and is selling something, dip your toe in and see, you know, see what sells, see what works within social, see what connects with the audience that you have. Because don't go to, you know, it's not like you have a shop and you have to physically fill a shop. You can choose you know, seven, eight things that are really, you know, gorgeous. And you can build different um, content around those pieces to make it feel bigger than it actually is. And then when that starts resonating, you can get more on board. So it's less of a huge commitment, you know, if somebody gets completely overwhelmed with the amount that they have to to add on to their site. So I think that's something that, you know, I'm super excited about some products that we're having, that we're launching on the site this week. Um, but they've come on board after we know, you know, we're comfortable putting them on the site, knowing that it's resonating already with our, with our audience. Of course. And Kate, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, like you tested these for months, it's mm -hmm. almost like as well, a lot of, in the last year, I've definitely lost more respect for some influencers because they're more transparent now. And mm -hmm. if they're sending out a message that is against what their core is, I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily on board with them anymore. And they lose some credibility. Whereas by you testing these out for months and putting your name to it and being like, I'm proud of this, I'm proud to showcase this and sell it. And I'm proud for you to try it and enjoy it as well. I feel like your new suppliers will recognize that and also say, I want to be part of that goal. I want to be part of that vision. And that too will help you build your brand. So it's not just choose and the brands that you have on the site. It's also your brand and mm -hmm. your whole ethos. And I think you're mm -hmm. doing an amazing job so far. So I suppose my next question for you is, is there a future for choose to bring out your own products or design your own products? Yeah, we're looking at that now. We're speaking to um, a couple of suppliers um, on... We're, we're probably going to start with some collaborations. So maybe different product ideas that we have or we know that we've good makers. But there is one product in particular that we really want to do a stamp on this year. Um, and it's really hard to get in Ireland. So we, we're looking into that now. So watch this space. It's for the home. Um, and it's kind of a really beautiful... Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like it, it, it improves kind of the atmosphere in the home. So we're looking into that specifically now. I think um, it's a lot of like it's another thing that we really want to do is um, sustainable baby. Because um, obviously when people have babies they want the only the best fabrics on the skin and that is organic cotton so a lot of the fabrics need to be kind of sustainable anyway so just some really beautiful pieces there that would love to do exclusively for twos um so we're looking into that and then we're also looking into some collaborations with some of our, of our makers because they're amazing and if we have some ideas they're all ears like they're they're just fantastic so we are yeah more to come on it but I think I actually listened to your podcast with um Elaine and she talked a lot about um personal branding uh you know on in terms of 
putting your own brand out there. And that's something that I personally have to get better in. And I think that, you know, like when you probably launch your, your own business, you're probably used to working a certain way. So I would always have been behind the scenes within media and within um, my work. I never would have to go in front of anything and put myself forward. And there's one thing that she said really resonates that you kind of have to do that. And for us to really push our business more, you know, people have to see that are new, that aren't your friend, that aren't, you know, a family friend or a friend of a friend. They have to really connect with you. And that's something I need to get better in to be able to actually not feel cringe and speak in front of the camera and not feel like, and you know, because I think that's going to be a, like a real new space for me. So that's something that I really think was really good advice as well. That's something that I'm not doing very well right now that I hope to do in the next few weeks, just get comfortable with kind of being able to speak about the products and speak about the ethos. Um, Because I think Elaine's right. People probably need to, people will only, people need to connect with you as a brand, not just the products, but you behind the brand. Um, So more to come on that as well, hopefully over the next few weeks, I'll. (laughs) okay that's great (laughs) and you're so right people buy from people I mean yeah I the most of the workouts I do online are people I know because I love working out with them and Mm -hmm. when you get to know like the brand or the person behind it it's almost like as well you're like I want to support them because I think they're fantastic and Kate even speaking with you today I know like everyone can look out and listen out the next few gifts everyone's going to be getting is juice (laughs) (laughs) just because I love that and I was so reluctant for ages to buy those cotton pads I saw them everywhere but they're all on Amazon and I was struggling to find a local business where I knew that the whole supply chain was good and the people were getting paid correctly and it wasn't just going into some billionaire's pocket continuously Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why I'm buzzing that you have that on your site. (laughs) I'm going to buy them today. So before I let you go, because I've been yapping to you for ages, what piece of advice would you give your 18 year old self as a last question? Um, what piece of advice that is a very good question I think I would probably I think patience I think sometimes when you're 18 you're 19 and early 20s you want everything to happen right now including you know like relationships and and work and you want everything to happen yesterday and I certainly did I was like I was I had I think even 18 I was fine I went into college and I was very much supported by my friends and it was just a really beautiful time where you're just it was so lovely and I think when I left college I was thrown out into the world and went you don't have that safety blanket and you're there going oh my god this is crazy and why aren't why are you know people don't know you as well and I think patience is key. I would say, don't worry too much. It does all work out. When people say that to you when you're, um, when people say that to you when you're younger and you're like, how do you know that? And you're freaking out about really small stuff, but it does work out. You get, and you get really nice maturity as years go on that you're just more confident in, in yourself. So I would say patience is certainly for me, was key because I didn't have that. And if I felt, if there was ever a day that I felt like panicky or bad, I couldn't cope. I was like, but if I had just said, Kate, it's going to be fine. Be patient. This feeling is going to like leave you. Um, you're going to be fine tomorrow. It probably would have been a lot better. Um, that being said, sometimes that energy at 18, 19, that you just want to eat the world up and you just want is actually lovely because you can attract such incredible stuff. But I think you know, I was probably a bit of a worrier and probably would tell myself that it's going to be okay and it's, it's all going to work out. Um, and I think people is, is key as well. So always surround yourself with really amazing people. Um, and definitely like quality over quantity, um, which, which we really push into as well as a, as a kind of product piece. But I definitely think surround yourself with great people. And that's kind of the secret. If you can, if you can get to it, you know, 30 and you, you look around and you're like, the people that I have around me are amazing. And I've worked really hard at those friendships to support them and they support me. That is key. It really, really is. Um, and it's key when you start your own business, it's key when you're, you know, if you're, if you're just working, and you're having a bad day at work, it's, it's key in everything. So I think that's super important as well. 
Hey, that's wonderful advice. Uh, amazing. So where can everyone find you? I'll link all the links to your website and Instagram below, but if you could give a quick reminder to people. Yeah. So um, our Instagram handle is toos.studio and our website is toosstore.com. Um, so yes, I, uh, I want to thank you for having me on. It's been lovely. So nice to just take a step back and like talk about things. And I love all your episodes. So I look forward to seeing you continue to grow as well, Jess. Thank you so much, Kate. And I'm buzzing. I literally am so great to meet you, even if it's on Zoom. And hopefully when we're back in the real world a little bit, I can come meet you in person and hopefully see you do like a choose pop-up store somewhere. That would be amazing. Yes, that's on the cards too. You're reading my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm just like super... Well, what did you think of that? I certainly loved every second of it. I learned so much and Kate's energy was electric and absolutely contagious and completely made my day. So thank you so much again to Kate for sharing her story and sharing her new online business with all of us. So very excited to see that grow and to see what's to come next for Choose. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please click on the links below in the show notes to support Kate and also to support your friends in starting to add more sustainable products to their life and impact their lives for the better. Season two is just around the corner. If there is anyone who you would like to see on season two of That First Step or anybody you know with an inspiring story, even if that is yourself, I would love to connect with you and share and just have the chats because at the end of the day, we're all here just trying to inspire others to do what fuels their passion so thank you so much for listening please follow on instagram subscribe and like and review the podcast and i hope you have a wonderful week thank you so much for listening bye-bye